This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment. They pride themselves on equipping their customers with the tools they need to get the job done right. They are dedicated to set the standard for quality, convenience, and reliability. At Tallman, your opinion is important to them. Rate and review any product or tool you've used on their new website at tallmanequipment.com. Line 11 Clothing Company, making apparel for their first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at Line11Clothing on Instagram. You could also find them or email them at Line11Clothing at Yahoo.com. And last but not least, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo knife today. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast. This podcast is for hardworking fathers. At the Show Up Dad, we recognize that fathers providing for their children is certainly important. But when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, they can transform and impact future generations. Our guest today is none other than Jamie Brendan. She is a former executive in the communications industry. She's a founder of the Fatherless to Free movement. She's a wellness coach, mother of two beautiful children, a guest speaker, entrepreneur, and a small business owner. Welcome to the show up, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm blessed and honored to be here. Absolutely. I kind of wanted to have you open up by having you tell our audience about your childhood as you remember it, if you don't mind, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in Southern California. Um, I had an intact family. I was the oldest of three, and I actually had a, uh, a really great childhood. Mm-hmm. So I'm blessed and honored to, um, to be able to say that because I know these days things are a lot different for most children. Absolutely. Uh, excuse me. Absolutely. Um, talking back to your father, because, you know, we deal with fathers here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So looking back, how was that relationship? Can you talk? Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. Um, I had a great father. My dad was always there. Um, for us kids, he was present. Uh, he was hardworking. Um, some of my earliest memories, I remember mowing the grass with him, you know, having him like, oh, this was push mower, so he would push it, I would hold on. Um, we spent a lot of time together, and I think because I was the firstborn, I got, you know, to have that unique time, just one-on-one time with my dad. So, um, yeah, he was a, he was a great dad. How many siblings did you have? I have two other siblings. I have a younger brother, and he's three years younger, and then a younger sister. She's six years younger. Mm-hmm. I'm always curious, and the reason why I ask that, Jamie, is because uh, I have an older sister as well. Okay, I have two twin older sisters. I'm the middle child, and then I had a younger brother who passed away last year. Now, mm-hmm. with that being said, I always find it interesting because the oldest one, the one that's closest to dad, right? is the one that kind of acts the most like the father. I mean, do you, do you find that too to be true? You know, it's funny. Uh, my sister and I laugh about that because um, actually my younger sister is a lot like my dad. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a good combo of my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. So uh, my dad tends to be very, very black and white with zero gray area. 
And <laughs> I, mm. I laugh because my sister's exactly that way. So, yeah, I'm a good combo of both. Wow, that's that's interesting because, like, uh, like I said, my my older sister, she was the one who was very very responsible. I mean, like, whenever they left us, I mean, granted, this is back in the day. I'm 43 years old, so mm-hmm. back in the day, you know, you would leave your kids with, you know, your sisters that are 11, 12, <laughs> you know, yeah. while your parents yeah. went out and had a good time, you know, and uh, right. My sister was the one who was always making decisions, always. And uh, I just want to, I just remember the story I want to share with you guys. Um, I remember one time they went to go dance, you know, and uh, uh-huh. my sister was in charge. And they, you know, these are the old refrigerators. I don't know if you remember them, but <laughs> they had the ice thing that went along the back side of them that kept cold. Yeah. Right? Well, my sister's, you know, once again, they're twins. So they collaborate and they said, hey, you know, let's see what happens if you stick your tongue on that. Well, I got oh. stuck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and my sister, Audrey, the oldest, she panicked because, you know, she's like, oh, my God, we're getting in trouble. I'm the one who's responsible because I'm three minutes <laughs> older. She started <laughs> yanking on my head, dude, and she pulled me off and left a little piece of my tongue there, man. And it was. Oh, like, no. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty crazy, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to share that story. I thought that was kind of kind of funny i haven't thought about that in a long time you know that is funny that is hilarious yes i definitely uh was in charge of babysitting quite often too back in the day so i can i can understand where she was coming from do you have any crazy stories like that jamie i actually do my brother and i were at home alone mm-hmm. um and i he wanted me to cut his hair and i told him you know hey bro that's not a good idea you know i, I don't know what i'm doing he he talk me into it no it's a great idea I think we should do it so we went in the bathroom I went to cut his hair and just cut like this huge chunk out (laughs) and he he stood up and I knew oh no so I started running Uh and he looked in the mirror and he started chasing me and he chased me and this was back in the day where we had phones with the cords you know that hung up on the wall and my shoulder brushed it it fell down it broke into pieces and I was like, oh, no. I was like, we, I, his name's Ron. I was like, Ron, we're going to be in so much trouble. He didn't care. So he came at me. He, I think he punched me. And I went to the ground and act like I broke my arm. And um, as soon as he got close enough because he felt bad, I hit him back. <laughs> and then we started, <laughs> we started running again. Then the parents came home. Yeah, and I we got into a bit of trouble. And I, I because I was the oldest, I think I took the brunt of it because – I'm supposed to be the responsible one. And that's crazy the way that happens because, I mean, even with me, I remember one time um, we were out in the mountains because we grew up in, you know, the woods and stuff, and uh, we were rambunctious. And my brother had shot a duck, you know, and he's three years younger than me. Uh, He shot this duck, and it got stuck in the middle of this pond, okay? And uh, my dad's looking at us, and... it has ice on this pond still, you know, it's still real cold and stuff. And uh-huh. my dad's like, you guys got to go get them. You know, you leave them there. And we're looking at each other. And I look at my younger brother and I think I was 15 at the time. And he was 12. And my dad looks at me like, you're going to go do it because you're the oldest. You know what I mean? You go, <laughs> you go and get it, you know? And I was like, Oh, go get it Rico. You know? And my dad gets mad at me. He looks at me. He's like, if he drowns, it's on you. And he drives off. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> And I'm like, what? 
You know what I mean? <laughs> but that just goes to show, you know what I mean? The re- level of responsibility, you know, that the parents put on their children, you know what I mean? That Right, right. Know, it's, 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 sometimes it's, it's too much, you know? Yeah, it can be. It can be. But, you know, we all have different roles and, um, you know, the oldest has different roles and characteristics that are different than the, than the third child, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, the third child, well, in my family, she was the baby. So she got away with so much more. Mm-hmm. And me, no. My parents knew everything I did, you know, but it, it shapes you as a person. And, you know, I, I'm different than my sister. Not bad, not better, just mm-hmm. different. And that's weird the way, because I mean, everybody I talk to says the same thing. Oh, they got away with murder. You know what I mean? I say the same thing. You know what I mean? And uh, you're absolutely right. And I think that's because as your parents progress in their parenting, they don't really know how to raise their first child. It's kind of like you're the experiment. (laughs) And and then, you know, you know what I mean? And then you kind of just like trickle down. And then by the time you get to the last child it's like oh yeah been there done that we don't got a helicopter parent or anything like that you know what i mean if they right. fall down, rub some dirt on it whatever you know what i mean yep exactly exactly <laughs> and they're tired right as a third is <laughs> <laughs> like eh they'll be fine <laughs> now i wanted to ask you your relationship with your father okay you you talked a little bit about that um mm-hmm. how big of an influence did he have in your life huge influence Um, I definitely would not be the person I am today without my father and the impact that he had on me. Um, my dad was, is very, very strong. Um, I think the, the best, one of the best things that he instilled is he was the spiritual leader in our home. Mm -hmm. So I can remember some of my earliest memories are, you know, my dad teaching me to read in the Bible. And at that young age, I didn't understand anything, um, but he wanted to teach me the importance of reading the Bible every day and praying. And um, he impacted actually the whole in family, the whole family with his leadership there. Um, all of us kids have um, returned to that basic foundation of truth in our lives. My brother's a pastor of a, of a bigger church in Florida. Um, so that was probably the biggest impact I can see. But my dad was always very strong. Um, he was a great provider. He worked really, really hard. But somehow he always had enough energy to come home and play with us kids and, and do things with us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I can't imagine, because I'm a single mom, I can't imagine my mom having to be single and raise us kids without my dad there. It just he had such a huge impact on all of us and was always there, mm-hmm. you know, tried not to work too much and tried to be there for us and go to all of our, you know, we were all athletic, go to all of our games, you know, and really be present. Mm-hmm. Looking back, Jamie, um, do you see areas where he struggled? You know, um, I do. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while. Um, I'm also in my 40s. And I love my dad very much. I know he did the best he could, but my dad grew up without a father. Mm-hmm. His dad was in a war. Um, he came back with, you know, a huge psychological impact on him. Actually ended up having to be committed to a mental institution. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last time my dad saw his dad was when he was five. And back in that day, um, divorce was unheard of. 
and um, his mom had to support the family. And so she was gone all the time. So the impact that it had on him growing up without a father trickled down to us kids. And what I mean by that is um, I think an area that he could have probably done better in was building us girls up with self-confidence, mm. you know, telling us he was proud of, you know, of us for the things that we did or telling us that we are beautiful. Um, and I don't fault him for that looking back because he didn't have that. He didn't know. Yeah. But I see the importance of it now that I have a daughter mm-hmm. and, and know that girls need that from their father. Hmm. No, I, I definitely see that. Um, you being a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you think about that self-confidence, how he helped you, you know what I mean? In, in certain ways or lack of it or whatever, it, it's so important right now because I mean, mm-hmm. these daughters grow up with the, with a hole, you know, um, we had John Finch on here on our podcast mm-hmm. and he had the father yeah. effect movie. And, uh, there were some guests on there. They were talking about how they just wanted their father to be there and tell them that they're special, that they're cherished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the, the first time, sorry, that I heard my father say that he was proud of me. I was in my thirties. Um, and I remember just, I wanted to fall apart and just start crying because that's the first time I'd ever heard that. And I'm sure he thought that, but Mm -hmm. that was just the first time he had verbalized that to me. And it was the first time that I really felt in my heart, like, wow, what a huge impact that statement meant to me at that time. Mm -hmm. And what motivation to, you know, for me to do even better than I was doing when he told me he was proud of me. And then too i like I, I go back to you being the oldest right mm-hmm. you know when you're that older child you're always you know you're first okay and then when all these other children start coming along you know you're no longer really the apple in your child's or in your father's eye right you're mm-hmm. you know because there's other kids now mm-hmm. so i think that you know when when you lose that i think that affects you you know and you're always going forward looking for that, you know, admiration or, or that at a girl or whatever from your father, mm-hmm. because, you know, you were used to it for so long, you know, being the, the first right. child. Right. Right. And I see that with my sister, the oldest, she's, you know, always wanting to be first, wanting to be known, wanted to, you know what I mean? Doing this, doing this. And, it, and it's helpful, you know what I mean? Cause it yeah. helps her with her drive because she's a mm-hmm. very, very driven woman. But you can see where it kind of is unbalanced, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. have, have you ever seen that in your life at all? Yes. And there was a lot of time where I, I tried to um, put my father, his opinion of me mm-hmm. matters more than anything. And I would seek um, affirmation from him. Mm. And when I wouldn't get it, it would hurt my heart. And, of course, I would never tell him that. And he doesn't know that probably to this day unless he listens to this podcast. But, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I always wanted his approval. And I wanted, you know, him to just think that I was the best thing in the world. And I'm sure he does think that. It's just to verbalize it is a whole different thing. Why do you think it's so important that they verbalize it as fathers? Like, we tell our daughters that. Because it, it... like in my situation, it's just an unknown. It, it leaves mm-hmm. question marks if it's not verbalized. 
you know, you sit there and you wonder, you know, your dad loves you, but there's always these questions. Is, is he proud of me? And am I, you know, does he think I'm a good mother, a good, you know, wife or a good daughter? There's always these questions in the back of your head. And unless it's verbalized to that child, mm-hmm. they will always have those questions in the back of their head. And I agree because, I, I mean, even for my father, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know how many years it's been since I've ever heard him say, I'm proud of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I grew up in a performance-based household where we got our out of boys or, you know, good job by what you were doing. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. We're always looking for that, you know what I mean? That, yeah. hey, you did good or whatever. And when you don't receive that, when your father can't give that to you, you know what I mean? It leaves that hole. It leaves that hole yeah. inside of you. Um. I also right. know too that like for for daughters, you know, with like with my daughter, I was under the assumption just coming from the father's perspective to my daughter, she was 14 or 15 actually, sorry. Uh <laughs> looking back, you know what I mean, like what I started to do with my daughter was like I automatically expected that she knew that I loved her. That mm-hmm. was that was a given, you know, and you're absolutely right. We need to voice that out to them because they mm-hmm. need to be no, they need to know that they are cherished. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And uh, mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was such a a great thing. I really do. I think it's it's so important to share that with our daughters because they're completely different than boys. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, yep. completely mm-hmm. different. And uh, one of our past guests talked about how with boys you got to have boundaries, and mm. then you'll have the respect. You know, if you don't have yeah. boundaries for them they're not going to respect you. They're going to challenge you. In fact, that's, that's a good thing. They need, they need a challenge because they're boys. They have testosterone, you know, all these different things. Well, with daughters in order to gain, you got to gain their heart first. Yeah. You know, they got to know that they, that you, they trust you with the thing you're saying, Mm -hmm. you know, so I wanted to ask you, Jamie, being that you're a single mom, you know, how pivotal, has a father's role been or, or the absence of a father been in your family dynamic with your daughters and stuff like that? It's been huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could go so many different directions with this, but the father's leadership or lack, I, let me, let me put it this way. The father's leadership, sets the gold standard for their daughters. Mm-hmm. So when they're, when they're there and they're present and they're giving the needs to their daughter, um, that determines, you know, what type of men these daughters will choose when they grow up. Mm-hmm. And when there's a lack of that, the mother can only do so much. And if there isn't, like in my case, I'm, I'm, you know, a single mom. There is not a man in the home. And so I am the one and only. But I, God did not equip me to be a father, mm-hmm. only a mother. So I try and fulfill those needs. Um, and hope and pray that my daughter will grow up and choose a good man. But what that father does when he when he is present is he shows the daughter what what love looks like, what leadership looks like, what providing for a family looks like. Um, and then again, it, it greatly impacts the future confidence and self esteem of that little girl too. Mm-hmm. And so I know for my daughter, you know, I understand that. And I've been trying to fulfill that and tell her, 
um, you know, how wonderful she is and what a great woman she is and try and build her up. I've been a single mom their whole life, so build her up to be the strong woman that I know she can be. But also I can't, unfortunately, which brings on guilt for me, I can't um, fill that hole that she probably will have when she gets older. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, fathers, like supportive fathers can also like increase their body image mm-hmm. and how they talk to uh, their daughters about their appearance too matters because girls want to know that they're beautiful. All girls do. I don't care who you are. You want to hear from your dad that you're beautiful. And if you're not hearing that, um, I think that can be difficult for self-esteem. And the other, the last, the last thing is I think that fathers have a huge role in turning girls into amazing women um and not alone of course i'm going to take some mother too and the, the skills that she has in nurturing and loving part and everything like that but now that we're specifically talking about fathers is, mm-hmm. you know uh, men tend to um teach girls how to be adventurous or take risks and without that they could be very um concerned about taking any risks or being adventurous, which in this world, we have to live boldly this day and age. Uh, We all need to take risks and be adventurous at this this point in our lives. So huge, huge, huge um, impact um, fathers can make if they're present and then a a bigger impact if they're not present. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being that, you know, you have being a single mom for their whole lives, um, mm-hmm. like what are some of the steps that you took you know, that you can share with uh, some of these, these mothers out there that their fathers are gone or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. did you have mentors around or anything like that? Or like, what do you suggest? You know, I know that probably not everyone listening to this is going to be, you know, Christian. And I, yeah. I know for me, um, what I always went back to was my faith. That helped me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Praying over the kids continuously. Um, my mom was a good mom. So I had that role model and I had her to go to whenever I needed advice or help. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, there's, as far as my son goes, you know, I did a Google was a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember the very first time that, um, you know, he was getting older and I needed to teach him how to shake a man's hand. Mm -hmm. What do I know about that? Right. (laughs) Men shake women's hands way differently than men shake men's hands. Mm-hmm. So I actually had to Google it, and I taught him how to shake a man's hand, and I felt so guilty. Actually, I there was some sleepless nights over that because I thought mm-hmm. it's so important to gain respect of other men, and I know handshakes mean a lot, and there's a lot of different um, things that men take away with handshakes. So I know that. Google was my friend when it came to my son. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, from a mother's perspective, I felt like I, I feel like I've been a great mom to him, but mm-hmm. it's been a challenge filling both shoes. You never utilized your father at all to like kind of fill that role as a, a man figure in your children's lives? I did. Um, however, my dad hasn't been um, close in proximity mm. to me. I got um, you. When they, actually, I should take that back. When the kids were little, he was, and he did spend a lot of time with them. Mm-hmm. But um, he ended up moving away. He he lives in a different state. And so um, my dad would talk to the kids on the phone and things like that. 
Um, but as far as like the day to day or even, you know, seeing him often, mm-hmm. um, I was, you know, I was on my own. And the reason why I asked Jamie is because my brother, he, like I said earlier, he passed away last year and he left three daughters. Um, so my father, you know, being that he lives about a mile away from them, they live in a rural mountain town, you know, um, he had to take on that role and responsibility, Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, now, you know, things are changing and time's moving on and everything else, you know what I mean? But that was Mm -hmm. what he had to do during that time, whether it be, um, chopping wood for them or, or just doing the things that mm-hmm. a man man does you know that her husband used to do you know right right yeah my dad has been very helpful through the years with things like that mm-hmm. um you know he's helped me move several times and fix things around the house and um you know taught jordan how to ride a tractor things like that mm-hmm. but it was hard when he moved away Absolutely. Especially today's day and age, you know, I know people say it takes a village to raise a child. Right. And I, I agree to that <laughs> to some extent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mentors, coaches, whatever. But at the same token, we're not living in the Ozzy and Harriet days back in the day where you can kind of trust people, you know, um, right now you gotta be, you know, wise as serpents and gentle as doves because you never know that person who's around your child, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, yep. We had a past guest on here who talked about Hassan and he talked about, uh, you know, predators and how they prey on on our children. And Mm -hmm. one of the things he talked about is that a predator will gain the parent. He'll gain access to the children through the parents. He'll gain their trust first. He grooms the parents to get to the child. Oh, that's scary. And that's why a lot of the predators that happen are from people, you know, that are close to you like these, wow. these deals, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting, you know, and I tie that back to the lack of a father, you know, being there present, being on guard, being that protector, that provider that we're called to do, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Absolutely. But, uh, I wanted to ask you what trends or information can you share with us about the state of fatherhood today that you've seen? Well, unfortunately I see a sad, a sad state of, you know, fatherlessness right now or fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about that in general terms, but I think especially, you know, with COVID and the pandemic, um, I think divorce is higher than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, men are suffering in ways that maybe they haven't in the past where, you know, a lot of people lost jobs, lost income, um, lost their self-esteem. I read something that la- that less than um, half, which I think it was like 46% of kids are living with their intact family. Um, I also believe that like social influences are teaching women to be more independent, teaching us that we don't need men. Mm-hmm. And I have a very big problem with that. A very, very big problem with that. And just because, you know, everything that we've been discussing thus far is that Women have very specific roles with children, and men have very specific roles. And as much as, and I, I spoke on this when I did, I put on the summit too, um, and I was talking to John Finch, was as much as women, women are amazing. Mm-hmm. And when left by ourselves, we will do everything that we can to be everything to the children. But at the end of the day, we can't. We can't be everything. Um, so, 
I know specifically I try and talk to women about the, the role that they have to um, respect the fathers. And I know that, that that runs deep with some women. Some men have done things that aren't respectful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some men, um, you know, have, have um, hurt a lot, and it's hard for the women to respect them. But at the end of the day, children need their fathers. The statistics of a child growing up without a father is huge, mm-hmm. huge. Um, even down to how they do in school or a lot of the people that are a lot of kids that are in jail grew up without fathers, suicide, all kinds of things, the impact that it has. Um, but I, I tend to believe that social influence is working against men right now. Yes. And so I am a huge advocate in, um, funny that I'm a woman and I'm talking to a group of men about fatherlessness, but I think I bring a very unique perspective to that. Yes. And that's a perspective of, you know, obviously a woman and trying to tell men, listen, as a woman, this is what we need. And this is what the children need. You are needed. You are wanted. You know, the impact that these, that men have is huge. Mm-hmm. Why do you think, okay, let's, let's go back to that. I like what you said there. Why do you think women withhold that from their, from their husbands? You know what I mean? As far as letting them know that they are wanted, they are needed. Um, I see a big influx of that. So that's why. Yes, I I agree. And I think it's a lack of education. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it, when I was growing up, I had no clue up until probably my early thirties, maybe even mid thirties that men desire respect. Mm -hmm. That's their very first desire is respect. I had no clue. None. I think it was just, it's a lack of education. I think if women are educated, um, you know, what men really need to function at their highest and their best, and to be told that they're needed and wanted, they need to be educated. Just mm-hmm. like I believe men need to be educated that women need love. That's their first thing that they need. Um, and so I don't think it's, it's um, women um, looking at it, withholding it on purpose. I think it's just education. And that's, you know, where me and you step in, where we're trying to educate people mm-hmm. and men. And in my, my field, women that men need respect. They need to know that they're, they're wanted and they're needed. I mean, as a single woman, I miss the, you know, the protection that men have, you know, like Mm -hmm. my alarm went off in the middle of the night. And the first thing I thought of was, Oh my gosh, Hmm. I don't want to go out there. I'm so scared, you know, but I've got kids here. I have to go out there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's just, it boils down to education. Yeah, I agree too. Um, there's a scripture that I, I like that I could share with you on this is my people suffer for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, yep. and it's true. You know, when you grow up in a culture and society where they're saying the man is not needed, we can do it by ourselves and everything like that. Yeah. There's, there's certain things you can do like you, like you agreed, you mm-hmm. know, um, but mm-hmm. there's certain things that a father can provide as a you know a husband and protector provider nourisher all those different things that we bring to the table you know and 
learning to work with our spouse. I mean, that's the number one thing. You know, we here we talk about the fatherhood, fatherhood, right? How important our role is and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But our role is even bigger than that because the way we talk to our spouse, the way we interact with our spouse is showing our children what to look for in a mate, how mm-hmm. to treat, you know, for our sons, how we treat women is going to dictate how he's going to treat women. Mm-hmm. You know, for our daughters, that's going to show, hey, man, this is acceptable behavior if my father is yelling at my mom and treating her the way he is. You know what I mean? Yep. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of people out there, they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, we're in a society right now where we're on information overload. Mm-hmm. And there's so much information coming at us from all different, you know, areas. Um, social media, the internet, TV, and it's just like, I believe that people are getting to the point where they're just kind of like going into their hole, shutting everything off, and they're like, I'm confused. I don't know what to do. So, you know, I know that people like you, me, John Finch, um, you know, and another, uh, other great people are, are stepping up into that leadership role and educating and saying, hey, you know, it, it's really simple, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, women need to respect their husbands. Yes, we need to love them, too. Of mm-hmm. course, but respect and see how that is going to drive that man to be that much better of a husband, that much better of a father, you know, that much better at work. I'll, I'll, it'll affect every area of that man's life. Absolutely. And I, our past guest, Kent Evans, he talked about, you know, that's one of the questions I asked him and uh, he talked about measure, men measure. Okay. And mm-hmm. we see that in everything, you know, how much money you make, uh, how many girls you've been with. You know what I mean? Just all these different measurements. It's like a comparison deal, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you measure the value of being a good dad? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where people get stuck, he was saying. He said that um, a lot of fathers, they, since they can't measure it, since there's no really attainable goal for that, yeah, they get stuck. And it's not that they don't know what to do. You know what I mean? It's just they, they it, cause we're in, caught in this society where it says, yeah, you know, bigger house, bigger money, blah, 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 whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those are attainable things. And when you can't see this, mm. they're like left with this open deal where they're like, well, what do I do? You know what I mean? Kind of like how right. a, a cow stares at a brand new cattle guard, you know what I mean? Like, duh, <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? So yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought that was pretty interesting that he said that. Um, I wanted to go ahead and, and ask you a little bit deeper about, um, you know, you talked about how your father, right? How he mm-hmm. was a great dad for you and stuff like that. How did he influence you when you were picking a mate? Oh, that is a tough question. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. He's asked me that mm-hmm. I was married before. I have been married before, um, and I did not pick a good spouse. Mm-hmm. And the question has always been, you know, in the back of my head of why. I My father was always home, always, um, he was a great leader. Yes, he has his flaws just like me and you do as parents, and everybody has their flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had an impact in the, in the fact that when I chose a husband, I didn't have a lot of confidence or self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know my worth. And I know a lot of girls struggle with that today. Mm-hmm. 
and I think I probably could have done it. I know I could have done a better job um, if I had someone who reminded me of how valuable I am mm. and, and what it looks like to be valuable. Mm -hmm. So when a woman is choosing a man, you know, you, you are looking at them as what kind of provider can, can they be, mm -hmm. but that shouldn't be the most important. And for me, it was one of the most important things. I knew I always wanted to be a mom. I want to have children. And so that was one of the most important things, but I overlooked a lot too. Oh, wow. And ended up suffering for that greatly. <laughs> um, so, so I think... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, so do you think, Jamie, that your need for that provision overrode the red flags that you saw? Because I, I, there had to have been red flags, if you think There back. was red flags. Yes, yes. There was a lot of red flags that I overlooked. Mm -hmm. And it was, um, it did, it over, it overrode a lot. And I will, ha I will say, you know, a positive thing is, is the man that I chose was a great provider. Great. Um, but there was a lot of things that weren't met and a lot of damage that was done. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I know that it, like I said, if, if I would have had a better self-esteem or, or knew my value, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have chosen him. However, I can't look back and say that I'm sad about it because I've got two beautiful kids from that marriage. Right. Hmm. And that's where the growth comes from looking back and not not being sad like you just said but looking back and being like okay well let me let me look at the silver lining to this i got two beautiful daughters you know mm -hmm. and uh just going from there um i wanted to ask you like for 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 me right like my wife's mm -hmm. always saying that i have similarities towards her father and me and her mm -hmm. dad you know we used to butt heads a lot and it was because we we're so much alike Mm -hmm. you know, but it wasn't until recently, recently and just doing that self-assessment and stuff like that, that she realized, she's like, man, I chose you because you're like my dad in a lot yeah. of ways, you know, very driven, educated, you know what I mean? Just, uh, you mm -hmm. know, wanting to, to have better and stuff like that. And at the same token, you know, I withdrew a lot like her dad did too, mm. you know? And, yeah. and I see that even with, um, my sister, the way she chose her spouse. Okay. Cause we will marry our parents. Like even with my, my wife, I'll use that as an example. She acts exactly like my mom. It's, it's scary. <laughs> it, I, I'm serious. It's scary. And their, their stories are a lot. They're similar. They're both latchkey kids, you know what I mean? For lack of better uh, words. Yeah. You know, so we tend to do that. And I think the reason why is because what I've seen is that, God will put us with these people, right? There, there are exact opposites, mm -hmm. but at the same token, it's like a mirror looking, you know, when we look at our spouse, they're like a magnifying glass and they mm -hmm. magnify the, the rough edges in our own life. Mm -hmm. Right. And we don't like to see that. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens with, with uh, married couples is, you know, they automatically take that as, you know, Oh, you're, you're always looking at the bad, blah, 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 whatever. You know what I mean? And we don't, look at it through a different lens, which is okay. You know, this is magnifying stuff that I need to change in my life and right. vice versa. Right. And are you willing to do that? Exactly. Cause change hurts, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder why, why do people get stuck on that? What do you think that change? 
because it's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so much easier to go with the status quo. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, we're all busy and we're all strung out, especially during the pandemic. And I think, you know, it, it just seems like one more thing to take on. A lot of people don't want to put in the hard work or don't know how. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another thing is maybe they just don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, you know, in this time, um, things that you're doing and things that I'm doing is needed now more than ever. People mm-hmm. need to come to the realization that they may have, you know, they're broken or they have things that need to be healed and restored. And I talk a lot about that with men is, is you know, let's, let's try and fix what, what, what's inside of you that, that you need healing about. Or do you need healing because you grew up fatherless? Because you got to fix that before you're going to try and be a good father to your children. You don't want to repeat anything. And you also don't want to um, take steps back because you're afraid of damaging your children even more, you know, because you don't know what to do. You need to, right now, we need to be bold and courageous. We need to step into that fire and we need to get the education to, to learn how to change and do it for the betterment of families, which impacts society, which impacts the world. I mean, it's, 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 it's so much bigger than just being a, a good dad, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that's where, like you, like you touched on, I mean, that's where our culture is at. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Everybody's always saying, how do we change the culture? How do we change the culture? Well, let's throw more money at it. Let's throw more safety at it. Let's more do this. Well, that's, those are band-aids. That's not helping. That's not helping the actual root. You know, uh, the Bible talks yeah. about, you need to destroy the root that dis- that produces the fruit that's coming out. Cause right now what we're seeing in, in today's society is fruit that has been planted. That's coming to fruition. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why society is where it is. You know, if we get back to the actual fact of that, let's get back to that root. Well, let's go back to the homes. What are we teaching our mm-hmm. kids as a yeah. mother, as a father? Yep. You know what I mean? These yep. values that we need to instill in them. Yes. There was, uh, I, I put on a summit, and on the summit we had clips from John Eldridge. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a book called Wild at Heart, which is, you know, if, if anyone listening has not read it, you need to grab it. And it's, it's written for men, but women should be reading this too if you want insight into a man. But one thing that, that he, he specifically says is that what a boy needs to hear from their father is that they have what it takes. Mm-hmm. They need to know they have what it takes. And daughters need to know they're beautiful and they're loved. Two different, very need, you know, needs. Mm-hmm. But what these children need from their fathers to grow up to be, you know, good, impactful members of society, and to their own children and to their own spouse. So, and, and, and if they don't have that, which a lot of people didn't have that growing up, mm-hmm. um, you know, it that's where the the change needs to come in and the growth needs to come in. Is okay now we know what you need to do mm-hmm. let's start implementing that to make better family absolutely jamie i wanted to ask you 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 work with a lot of women um what type of guilt would a mother develop from a household without with an absent father and why why do you think that is oh man <laughs> where do i begin on that hmm. um i think as mothers we carry a lot of guilt in general mm-hmm. you know i i i think that we I don't know why it is, but even for, I can speak about myself. I remember when the kids were little, I would be so exhausted. And at the end of the day, I thought, man, did I really spend a lot enough quality time with my little one during that day? 
even though I felt like I was doing as much as I physically could, I still carry that guilt. But take on not having um, a partner mm-hmm. and a father in that home. The guilt runs very deep. I mean, I, I don't, I have lost many nights of sleep, and I know many women will identify with me on this, is, you know, if you're raising boys, which I have a son, um, there were times where he would want me to work on his dirt bike, and he didn't know what he was doing, and he'd get so frustrated, and I would go out there, and I would Google, and I would I would try and do everything I could, but at the end of the day, I didn't know what I was doing. I've never worked on a dirt bike or a car, or he'd say, Mom, you know, we lived in an area where we could snowmobile right from our house. He'd say, Mom, you know, take me and my friend out snowmobiling, and I would, but I'm not good at it. And I wasn't adventurous, maybe a little bit adventurous, but I wasn't a, a risk taker. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or sometimes I couldn't even get the darn thing started. It was one of the pole ones, you know, where you have to get a lot of strength in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so at night, sometimes I'd come home and I'd cry because I know that my son would be missing out on that. And I, I wanted so badly to fill that role mm-hmm. and be everything to him, but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing John Eldridge said in one of the clips um, was that, you know, God did not design women to be fathers. And to carry that burden of guilt is is too much for women. Mm -hmm. We need to let that go at some point, you know. Yeah, and and I've seen it even, you know, just even with with my story, with my wife. Um, I was on the road for, you know, 80, 90 percent of the time in our marriage and uh, I remember one time um, we had two miscarriages on the road mm. uh, one of them she went to the emergency room and I was out of state and it was bad you know mm. uh, but with that being said you know looking back I see that it was the stress it was mm. the stress of having to hold down the house to having to take care of the household while I'm mm. gone you know, and I've talked to other women too, other, other line wives. I talked to other fathers who said the same thing. They're like, man, it, it took a while for us to have a child. You know what I mean? If mm. you're really looking back, it's like, man, I wonder what type of stress these women, because being a line wife, mm-hmm. I got to give these women credit. I mean, because it's super hard. I mean, their husbands mm-hmm. are out there providing, they're working, they're on these storm restorations right now. You know, I just want to thank the line crews that are out there restoring power in Louisiana. Those are my brothers out there. Be safe, mm-hmm. be your brother's keeper. But, uh, you know, the women are out back at home right now taking right. care of the home front, and they don't know when these husbands are going to come home. Right. If they even do come home because right. it's a dangerous job. Um, mm-hmm. So they're they're plagued with this, you know, great responsibility. I shouldn't say plagued, but you know what I mean? It, it, it's hard. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's very hard. And one of the things that I heard and I thought it was pretty interesting is we had trouble trying to get pregnant with our with our uh, second child okay Mm -hmm. and one of the things was my wife developed this thing called pcos okay Mm -hmm. where her hormones are off now they've linked pcos with stress okay Mm -hmm. and they also linked it also when i think stephen farrar touched base on this he wrote that book point man where he said that women were never supposed to carry that role as, mm-hmm. as husbands or as fathers mm-hmm. at the household like that. So that mm-hmm. amount of stress actually changes their hormones to where women will start developing like a, like facial hair. Yeah. Their, 
their testosterone levels will raise, mm-hmm. which in turn that that you know kind of cancels out their ability to have children. You know what I mean? When their testosterone right. is raising, and it's because they're having to take on these roles that they were never meant to take on, like John Eldridge said. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I can I can understand that. You know, I I being a single mom all these years. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it takes a, a very very big toll. Mm-hmm. A very big toll. And it's not supposed to be that way. And and like I said, women are incredible. Mm-hmm. Women are amazing. Um, we will step up to the plate, and we will we will die trying. Mm-hmm. You know, our kids. Not that kids mean anything less to the fathers, but as a mother, and I can speak for for myself and for uh, my girlfriends, is being a mother is everything. Our children are everything. We would die for our children, mm-hmm. and so we will we will. Even when we're not feeling good and we're stressed to the max, do everything that we can to make sure those kids are, you know, getting what they need. Absolutely. And I like to just say, you know, just to all them line wives out there, all them women who have their husbands providing out there on the road and stuff like that, man, just hats off to you guys because, you know, we have our our amazing guest, Jamie, on here talking about how hard it is to be a single mom and stuff like that. You know, you guys are doing it as well. And we couldn't do what we do without you guys. I mean, that's that's the honest truth. A lot of people say, oh, you know, behind every successful man is a is a strong woman. Well, I like to say behind, you know, not behind, but besides every successful man yeah. is a strong woman. Right. You know, so right. I, I, I always think about that and, and think to myself, man, I wouldn't be able to do this half the stuff I've done without my right. wife being there, you know? Yeah, and the fact that you acknowledge it is, is huge. I'm sure a lot of women would love to hear that from their husbands, mm-hmm. you know, that, that their husbands appreciate what they do when they're gone. And I never used to. <laughs> this mm. is this, this, now I've, I've had to go through this transformation and stuff like that because I'm not this perfect person. I never want to ever try to show that I'm that. I was a bad husband and bad father and, you know, not because I wanted to, but because I didn't know. Like you said, we yeah. talked about not having that, that knowledge, you know. And um, now that I see that, I'm able to grow from it and, and be able to be realistic and, and be able to just be transparent and be like, hey, man, I'm not perfect. I'm just like the rest of these guys who are listening to this show. You know what I mean? I've made a lot of mistakes. You know, yeah. I almost lost my marriage. Um, you know, I we've lost, we've had miscarriages. You know, I've lost jobs, you know, just crazy stuff just because of poor choices you know what I mean mm, yeah but you know you need it to, to encourage you mm-hmm. you know the fact that you stuck with it the fact that you were were willing to learn and to do things different is huge you didn't give up mm, yes that resilience. you did not give up yes mm-hmm. exactly so I wanted to get back on this topic here you talked about how you know how hard it was and stuff like that without having a husband there. How did it impact your do- your, your, your children? Um, boy, I think that um, we're probably not going to know the true impacts until they're a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But I know that it has impacted them in ways that I'm probably even in denial over. Uh-huh. Because sometimes, you know, the thought of your children hurting or not being able to fill that need for them is, is so great um, that I don't want that to be the hyper-focus, but 
it's going to impact them and it impacts them a lot. I wish it was different, but you know, at the end of the day, the positive side is that look where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I didn't think in a million years that I would be, you know, putting on a summit for men who grew up without fathers or trying to educate men from a women's perspective or, or do any of this. And it wouldn't have come to fruition if I hadn't had gone through all this. My children hadn't gone through all this. So the impact, I mean, there's probably several areas where they're impacted, but mm-hmm. one thing that I'm trying to teach my children is, you know, everybody has a cross to bear mm-hmm. and them not having or having a lack thereof of something is their cross to bear, but they can make something of it. You know, they can do good things. They can help other people. How, how would I, how would we be able to help other people if we hadn't gone through what we're, what we've gone through? You know, and I think that's the same for everybody. You know, we can sit and I'm, I teach my children to be very strong and I, I try and be an example for that, you know, for them to be strong. And especially now, I mean, we're, we're all having to be warriors in the world that we live in right now. Yes. But there's so many hurting people. And if you can take the area of your specific hurt or your cross to bear and turn that around and help other people, it's very healing. <laughs> very healing um and uh so yeah i mean i I know i wasn't very specific in in an answer because i don't really know all the ways it's going to impact them but i know it does and it has Mm -hmm. no absolutely you know and i just thank you for being transparent and i just want to commend you for doing what you do because i mean you're absolutely right i mean now you're on a a radio show (laughs) the show of that foundation (laughs) where you're you're talking to mostly men you know and that's awesome. Yeah. That's why I brought you on here. I wanted you to give your perspective from a woman who had a great father, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who he made mm-hmm. mistakes and everything, but, uh, you know, went on to raise two children without a father, you know, and the impact mm-hmm. of that and your perspective from that and how important we are. And, and the greatest thing I can get from this is just being able to just have you tell fathers you are needed. I think that's mm-hmm. the most amazing thing, you know, cause mm-hmm. we are, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how much on Instagram, like where I'll post, uh, something on there, like uh, fathers, you are needed or whatever, you know, and I'll get tremendous feedback, man. Yeah. I needed that post cause fathers yeah. need that. We need, we need to be told, Hey, you're doing a good job, bro. I know it's hard. I know you're tired. I know you're, you're giving her hell out there on the rideway or whatever, you know what I mean? But guess what, yeah. man? Your 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 family needs you to come home. They need you to be safe. You know, mm-hmm. they appreciate all the hard work you're doing. You know, we need to hear that. Yes. Yes, and I think I hope the biggest takeaway from from this time that we've had together is I really want to drag home that message that you just said. Mm-hmm. And especially now more than ever, I believe and I'm and I I don't mean this to come from a bad spot it comes from a very loving spot but we need men to step up Mm -hmm. and be the warriors that they're built to be and i think some men have have lost their warrior spirit we need to get that spirit back we need these you know we need it from a woman's perspective we need men to step up to fight for their wives fight for their family fight for their children protect you know protect their freedom Mm-hmm. protect their families and you know so much is working against them right now and against families and against children 
But right now, more than ever, is we cannot have men shrink back, but we need them to be bold and courageous. Mm. We need them to be bold and courageous for our families, for the wives, you know, and be that true partner that your wife is looking for, too. So I hope I hope this is resonating with someone. I feel like there's someone out there that needs to hear this, but we need we need men to find their warrior spirit. We need them to to, to get back and get into that fight. Hmm. I like that. And once again, Jamie, I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your story, uh, your perspective, and uh, just having the courage to come on here and just talk on our show. Um, once again, thank you so much. And how can someone get a hold of you if they want to? see your your summit or anything like that you can share with us uh i have a facebook group it's called from fatherless to free um if you get on my instagram which is misfits and rebels with misfits with a z at the end um there's a link in my bio that can take them right to that group and we're actually in the works of putting on another summit um i just talked to john finch he's on board um, we're talking about doing a live event. So if you want to keep up to date and be a part of our Facebook group, go to the link in my bio, my Instagram, Misfits and Rebels with a Z. Mm, right on. Once again, thank you, Jamie, for coming on and sharing your story. Uh, take care. God bless. And, uh, we'll be seeing you soon. Okay. Thank you so much.